The weekend has come and gone, and the Islanders still haven't made a move. We break down the latest in what may still be possible. Plus, we answer your email questions, and a Hall of Famer is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We've got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email us at lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll have everything concerning your New York Islanders throughout this offseason, whether it's trade rumors, free agency, Anything going on between now and the start of training camp, we'll have it for you right here on Locked on Islanders, uh, your daily Islanders podcast. So, another week end has come and gone. We are, as of the time I'm recording this, five full days into free agency. 30 teams have made at least one signing. It's two that haven't, the Nashville Predators and your New York Islanders, and I guess there is a frustration level. Uh, you know, I, I talk to fans on Twitter, re- read Facebook posts, social media, all of that. There is no doubt that the New York Islanders' frustration level for fans growing uh, by leaps and bounds as more and more players end up signing somewhere else. And as of right now, uh, we know Johnny Goudreau is gone. We know Palat is Andre Palat gone. We've seen a lot of teams in the division, whether it's the Blue Jackets or the Devils, make some big moves and, and seemingly get better. And the Islanders remain stuck in neutral, haven't really pulled off a trade uh, after the draft. Uh, other than the one for Alexander Romanov, which cost the Isles their first-round pick. And then 
no free agent signings, no trades to get that badly needed forward uh, who can add some goal-scoring punch to the New York Islanders. And I, I just wanted to sort of take a look at the lineup where if the season were to start now, what would the Islanders' lineup look like? And I think what you're looking at now, if I were examining the forwards, your first line is probably Barzal centering Lee and, I'll say, Palmieri. Your second line, Brock Nelson centering Bailey and Bavillier as of right now. Pajot, Parise, and Wallstrom, the likely third line. And then your identity line, Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck uh, would be the fourth line. And then you'd have Kiefer Bellows, Ross Johnston, and maybe Otto Koivula uh, sort of as depth players on the forward line. Defensively, it's a little clearer, but not a lot. I think you got Pelik and Pulak as your top pairing. You have Noah Dobson and Alexander Romanov as your second pair. And then it's probably Scott Mayfield and Robin Sallow as your third pair, with Sebastian Ajo and Grant Hutton being your seventh and eighth defensemen, respectively, depending on whether you need a left-handed shot or a right-handed shot. Uh to fill in if somebody is either ineffective or injured. Defensively, I think you got to be happy with that top five. Robin Salo probably a year away from being where the Islanders would want him to be to play major minutes. And I think, like, we'll see Robin Salo do what Noah Dobson did two years ago, where he'll probably play 65, 70 games if he stays healthy. But... He'll also probably only play 12 to 14 minutes a game and probably won't see the ice in big key situations as of right now. But as for the forwards, you look at this lineup and the centers are set. I mean, Barzal, Nelson, Pajot, and Sezikis gives you a solid foundation down the middle. And then, you know, Anders Lee is a capable 30-goal guy. And then you got a lot of question marks. Uh, Anthony Bevilier, fast but inconsistent, never put together that you know 20-plus goal season that we all believe he's capable of, and you need more consistency from the guy. Bailey has to bounce back from a subpar year, not a goal scorer, but still a solid playmaker. Palmieri, Awful start to the season, was playing through some injuries, picked it up as the year goes on. But again, you need more goal scoring from the wings in order to take the next step. Parise, going to be 38. What are you getting from him? You'll certainly get hustle. You'll get effort. You'll get intelligent play. But can he give you 15 goals again? Doubtful he'll give you much more than that. Wallstrom, 12 and 13 goals over the last couple of years. you got to get him past 20. But again, he has yet to show that he can consistently deliver at the NHL level. So the Islanders need him to take a big step forward. And then, you know, Martin and Clutterbuck, 
likable guys, but if you get 10 goals from either of them, let alone both of them, you're, you're, you're more than happy as far as what the expectations are. It really leaves this team with a lack of quality goal scorers on the wings. You really only have Anders Lee as a guy you could check off as being a legitimate 30-plus goal guy. And it leaves the Islanders in a, in a predicament that Lou Lamorello has got to address. And we'll see what he does uh, over the rest of this offseason. You know, we talked on Friday's show about why the Islanders struggle to sign these big-ticket free agents. And it seems like every year, whether it's Tavares, Panarin, Goudreau, they're all in, right? The Islanders are in. They're going to negotiate. They're going to get the big fish. And they always come up empty and then end up doing very little during the offseason, make a deal at the trade deadline, and, you know, you'll let the chips fall where they may. That's how you got your Kyle Palmieri's. That's how you got your J.G. Pajot's. You don't sign them. You trade for them at the trade deadline and then hope to re-up them I'll tell you, I don't want to wait till the trade deadline because this team, as it is presently constituted, it just isn't good enough to get the job done uh, over the course of an 82-game schedule. And one thing you need to remember about the two years that the Islanders went to the conference final, neither one of them was an 82-game schedule, and I think that matters uh, when you look at you know, the need for a goal scorer over... 56 games or 62 games, you can possibly get away with it, and then your team's a little fresher come playoff time to play that, you know, Barry Trotz slash now Lane Lambert system. But you need more. You need more scoring. You don't want to be 22nd in the league in scoring and then have to be top three or four in defense to squeak into the playoffs. You need more, and this team has to get more, and the sooner they get it, the better off they'll be. We've got a lot more to get to. Uh, We'll have some listener emails, including questions about the JT Miller situation and what Miller may bring to to the team. And we've got a Hall of Famer as our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments including league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball, NFL futures, NBA futures, NHL futures. If you can bet on it, you'll find it at Bet Bet BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, tennis, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. So let's dip into the mailbag. We've got a few. 
this one is from Frank in North Patchogue. Frank writes, hello, Gil. You do an excellent job on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Your insight into the team is right on, and I especially like the Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, I really enjoy hearing those blasts from the past, former Islanders and their opponents. It brings back some pleasant memories for me. Um, He wanted to hear a little bit more about J.T. Miller, that Lou had nixed a deal for whatever reason. Uh, Did anything, did you hear anything about or? team in discussion with the Canucks about Miller. Uh, Also, I know Barry Trotz will not be coaching this season, and I believe he said he was interested in a management position uh, if and when he returns to the NHL. Lou's contract is up after this coming season. Could Barry be considered for a management position on our team? Just a thought, Frank in North Patchogue. Frank, first of all, thank you for the email, and thank you very much for the kind words about the podcast. Uh, as far as Trotz is concerned, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. If Lou Lamorello retires after this year coming up, which is indeed the last year of his present contract, I think the Islanders might consider bringing back Trotz as a general manager, but it really depends on how well uh, the relationship between the organization and Trotz remains after they decided to let him go. Uh, I would say it's unlikely, but far from impossible. Now, as for J.T. Miller, I, you know, there were discussions, but this being Lou Lamorello, he's always keeping his uh, cards close to the vest. And basically what, you know, Lou said was, if you want to hear anything about that, ask the Canucks, and the Canucks basically denied it. But Elliot Friedman had originally reported that there were negotiations going on, and one of the things that allegedly put the kibosh on it was that Vancouver was not letting anyone speak to Miller's agent about a possible contract extension, and Miller has one year left on his deal at five and a quarter million dollars as the cap hit. So I, I, I think when Lou found out that he could not negotiate an extension before he pulled the trigger on the trade, that's what led him to sort of put the kibosh on it. Now that the draft is passed, would the Canucks be willing to allow negotiations to take place? Maybe. But, you know... The question remains, does J.T. Miller want to be a New York Islander? I think he'd be a great fit, but I don't know necessarily that he would be looking to join the Islanders, and it's a tough one. It it is really a tough one uh, right there as far as where Miller wants to end up. And I can tell you right now, the Islanders... They could probably even squeeze Miller in at 5.25 for this year under the cap without making a major, major move to free up cap space. But we have to see what ends up happening with regard to that. Uh, But if he doesn't want to come here and isn't allowed to negotiate an extension, 
if I'm Lou Lamorello, I don't want to pay whatever the cost would be, whether it would be uh, a player, a, a Bavillier, a Bailey, a pick, a prospect, and you don't want to be dealing Atu Ratu and some of the other top prospects. Uh, it, unless you know JT Miller is not just going to be an Islander this year, but is going to be an Islander in the future, I think that is a big key. So, uh, again, thank you very much for the email. The next email comes from Matt. And Matt basically says, uh, with regard to Lou, he has proven time and time again he has a brilliant hockey mind. We, of course, need to give time and see what comes about this offseason to fully run him out of town. That being said, in this day and age, his old school thinking could possibly deter uh could possibly deter players from coming here. The modern era player doesn't uh, want to be told what to do, so things like facial hair and only allowing lower number jerseys is too controlling. Can you imagine that being attempted in the NBA? I sure hope that by Monday's show, we have something to be happy about. However, if we are at the trade deadline in February and March and out of a playoff spot, it could be that time to start selling pieces like Varley and Barzal so we don't end up once again with a star leaving and empty pockets. Have a great weekend, Matt. Matt, thank you for the email. Uh, You know, it is a crossroads. Uh, I think you're right that Lou has a, a track record of building winning teams. He certainly built championship teams in New Jersey, built some successful teams in Toronto, Uh, and got that team out of some pretty bad situations. And he took the Islanders and built them into a team that reached the the conference final in back-to-back years. But it's frustrating for fans right now to be going through this hurry-up-and-wait kind of a thing and watching piece after piece that you might want go elsewhere especially since a lot of them, like Palat and Goudreau, are not only not signing with the Islanders, but they're signing with the Islanders' division rivals. And, you know, what's left? You got Nazem Kadri out there as a free agent, but he's a natural center. We've talked about JT Miller. We've talked in the past about Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko has that higher $7.5 million cap hit, so the Islanders would have to make an additional move. Uh... I understand the fans' frustration, and I think you're right. If nobody is added by the trade deadline, and this team can't add a Tarasenko or some bona fide 30-35 goal scorer and isn't in contention for a playoff spot, maybe you start trading away some guys. I don't know if you trade Barzal, but certainly some of the guys who are on the older side whether it's, you know, some of those older guys suddenly become expendable if you can deal them, whether that's a Bailey or a Clutterbuck or a Sezikis or a, a Palmieri, you know, the guys who are on the other side of 30 that you might be able to deal and get something for and then start to restock. I don't think we're at that point yet, but... I think we are getting closer and closer to it 
if something doesn't happen this season that allows this team to be a contender. So we'll see what, uh, where we go from here, as they say. We have got more to get to. A Hall of Famer who is, in my opinion, probably the greatest center in Islanders history. He is our Islanders birthday of the day. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. Now, Sunday was the 66th birthday of former Islanders center Brian Trottier. Trottier drafted in the second round, 22nd overall by the Islanders in 1974. And, you know, first of all, this would still put him around the two-thirds mark of the first round now. But back then, it was second round. And I remember his rookie year. His nickname was Baby-Faced Brian Trottier. And I, I said that to him once uh, at an Islanders practice, and he laughed. You know, He said, look at me now, right? But uh, he had an unbelievable final season in juniors with the Lethbridge Broncos. 46 goals and 144 points in 67 games. Joined the Islanders immediately after the, you know, in 75-76. Won the Calder Trophy that year after scoring 32 goals and 95 points. Hit the 50-goal mark in 81-82, which was also his career high in points, with 129. Uh, Scored 30 or more goals every year from 75-76 till 83-84, dipped down to 28 in only 68 games, and then went back to 37. Stayed with the Isles all the way through the 89-90 season, then joined the Pittsburgh Penguins and won a couple of Stanley Cups there with the Pens. So, you know, just did a, a, a great job. Wasn't putting up points so much anymore with the Penguins, but the leadership was still there. Went into coaching, first as an assistant with the Penguins, briefly a head coach in the AHL, then an assistant with the Avs, and then the moment we'd all like to forget, his partial season as head coach of the New York Rangers. It never looked right, it never felt right, and it didn't really work out. Uh, As far as awards, he won the Calder in 75-76. Won the Art Ross Trophy in 78-79, also the Hart Trophy. Conn Smythe winner in 79-80, and then the King Clancy Award in 88-89. So, a prestigious career for Brian Trottier, and of course, uh, a very deserving Hockey Hall of Famer. To me, probably the best all-around forward that the Islanders had. Yeah, you know... Pat LaFontaine, a deserving Hall of Famer, maybe a little more explosive goal scorer. Bossy, certainly a better sniper than Trottier. But as far as skating ability, passing, shooting, uh, creating offense, hard to beat Trottier, and he was responsible defensively as well. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. You know, everyone remembers his big uh, eight-point night against the New York Rangers, but he also had another huge game that often gets overlooked, and that's because he had so many great moments with the Isles, but we're going to look at this one. February 13th, 1982, 
at the Nassau Coliseum. We welcome the Philadelphia Flyers in uh, a big Patrick division rivalry back then. Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders. Pete Peters in net for the Flyers. And you got to remember, just two years earlier, these two teams met for the Stanley Cup Final. In the first period, the Islanders get started quickly. Brent Sutter, his 10th from Clark Gillies and Dennis Potvan at 106. Islanders up one to nothing. Then the Flyers take a penalty. Paul Holmgren off for interference. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Brian Trottier, his 31st of the year on the power play from Mike Bossy and Hector Marini at 9.02. Islanders up 2-0. That's the way the score stood after the first period. In the second period, the Flyers keep taking penalties and the Islanders convert. Paul Holmgren off for high sticking. Trottier, his second of the game, 32nd of the year. Mike Bossy and Dennis Potvan with the assist. Isles up 3-0. Then the Flyers... Get on the board. Dennis Potvan heads off for tricking, uh, tripping. Ron Flockhart, his 25th from Ray Allison at 5.53, makes it 3-1. to one. But then, again, the Flyers can't stay out of the box. Uh, they get two players in the penalty box. Glenn Cochran off for cross-checking. Pete Peters off for slashing. Trottier makes them pay not once but twice. His 33rd from Bossy and Dennis Potvan at 8.41. His 34th from Bossy and John Tonelli at 9-10. All of a sudden, it's 5-1 Islanders. Brian Propp makes it 5-2 at 10-06. His 33rd from Flockhart and Ray Allison. But then Trottier, his 5th of the game, 35th of the year. Bossy and Tonelli, the helpers at 18-32. Islanders up 6-2 after 2. In the 3rd. They add to the lead. Hector Marini is fourth from Billy Carroll and Clark Gillies at 6.15. And then Gillies, his 24th from Hector Marini and Mike McEwen at 11.38. Islanders trounce the Flyers 5-2. But for Brian Trottier, our Islanders' birthday of the day, five goals on five shots on goal. He was a plus one. He had the game winner. And four of his five goals came on the power play. The five shots on goal. Second on the Islanders this game behind Mike Bossy, who had eight shots on goal. Did not score, which is very rare, but had five assists in this game. Hector Marini, a three-point night, a goal and two assists. And three assists for Dennis Potvin. A goal and two assists for Clark Gillies. Always great to beat the Flyers, and even better when you beat them 8-2 and a big monster game for Trotz. Brian Trottier is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and sad to say, now after this past year, the only surviving member of the Trio Grand Line. I am hoping we'll have some news, whether it's a trade or some kind of a signing uh, via free agency but I really don't know what's imminent. But whatever it is, if there's breaking news, you will hear it here from, uh, from me via Twitter and, of course, on the next episode of Locked on Islanders. So uh, make sure you stay with us and we will keep you up to date on everything Islanders related. Thanks again for making Locked on Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. 
Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.